0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
1: This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails.
2: What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired.
1: I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man.
2: The Guy Benson Show.
1: Home stretch. On the Guy Benson Show, back from vacation, glad to be here. gladder still that you're all here alongside. Thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com, podcast free of charge every day on demand. Join us tonight on Special Report, Fox News Channel, coming up in the next hour. I will be on the panel, FNC, right around 645 Eastern. Well, I was gone for a week, and I tried to somewhat unplug from the news. Not completely. But I was definitely not as engaged and immersed as I typically am. So Quiet Wyatt, who is a news maven, right, when he's on vacation, he spends his vacation reading the Wall Street Journal three times, cover to cover, because he has more time to do that sort of thing. He wanted to make sure that I was not too far removed from the news cycle, even while I was taking a break. So he has come up with a short news quiz, and I do not know what he's going to ask me about events that I guess happened during my vacation to see how much attention I was or was not paying. And I really don't want to disappoint War Wyatt. And so Wyatt hit me. I'm not really sure where we're going with this, but hopefully I won't embarrass myself.
3: Okay, guys. So question one. The June jobs report came out last week. How many jobs did the U.S. add in the report last week?
1: Oh, gosh. I'm definitely I have not multiple, gonna know this. I have oh, there's multiple choice. choice. Oh okay, that it makes sense Yes. A three hundred and seventy two thousand. B two
3: hundred and eighty six thousand. C three hundred and nineteen thousand.
1: Oof. All of those are roughly in the ballpark of what I was gonna guess. I think it was over three hundred thousand, so I'm gonna say C. I know that it beat expectations on the jobs front. I'm just not sure by how much. I think they were expecting 270-something thousand jobs, and it beat that number. So, ooh, I'm going to say C, but I'm doubting it. I'm questioning it.
3: It was A. 300-something,
1: 300 300 though, right? Okay. Yes, so, 372,000. So, so it was a big overperformance on the jobs report. I did not have the very granular number. That was a tough one. Okay, up next.
3: That was a tough one. Question two, what longtime Biden aide— who played a key role in his 2020 campaign, announced that they're leaving the White House.
1: Oh, yes. This is one of his communications people, I believe, a senior advisor. Is it Kate Beddingfield? Is that her name? I'm not quite sure what her last name is, but she's one of his surrogates. You see her out there on some of the Sunday morning shows, for example. Kate, last name starting with a B.
3: Correct, yes. White House communications director Kate Beddingfield.
1: There we go. All right.
3: All right. For the final question, this one's maybe going to be hard. I don't know. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was also on vacation last week, soaking up the sun on a beach. Where was she?
1: Oh, boy. I was expecting a question maybe about Boris Johnson out on his ear as UK prime minister, or at least leader of the Conservative Party. I think that he leaves that position in the coming weeks. That was a big global story. The horrible assassination of the former prime minister in Japan, Abe, with his party now winning a supermajority in the elections after that assassination. We might talk about both of those big world events later on this week, because I think they're both consequential. I had only heard about this Pelosi thing because I guess she was getting some attention for her bathing suit. I won't really expand on that. People can go, I guess, find the photos I did see. One of the photos, she was with her daughters, wearing a bathing suit on the beach. It was somewhere in Europe. It looked very nice. I think it was, you know what, it was Italy. They were in Italy, weren't they?
3: That is correct. Florence, Italy.
1: I'm going to give myself, you can ultimately give me a grade, but I'm going to give myself a B minus. I got the last two correct, and I was in the ballpark of knowledge on the first one. I just got a specific number wrong. Is a B-minus acceptable, sir? I would say so. Also, your
3: your little flex just before with the Boris Johnson and the Jap- uh, Japanese Prime Minister news. I mean, you you kept up on the news. So okay. you, you could uh, I say an A, A-minus. Oh,
1: okay. I'll accept the A-minus. Let's not do great inflation here. We don't need that. It's not an A, not an A-plus. I got at least one thing wrong. So I'm going to say it's an A minus B plus range, and we'll just leave it at that. In the meantime, I know producer Christine has many questions about the vacation up in Cape Cod. I'll just tell her right now. No, I did not see any sharks. My limbs are all still intact. I barely went in the water, though. I went like maybe knee deep at the most at the beach. We will get to curious Christine's questions later on in the week in a subsequent home stretch so you can look forward to that i wanted to take an opportunity here as a point of personal privilege to share with you something that brought me great joy this past weekend up in cape cod you might be familiar with my biography my background you might not but from the time i was in elementary school all the way through college my number one career ambition was to be a sports broadcaster to do play-by-play And along with my buddy, Dan Duva, who has been on this show before, he is currently the radio voice of the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. He and I did sports broadcasting in New Jersey for our high school on local cable access. We did that for four years, and then for four summers together on Cape Cod, we pioneered the Cape Cod Baseball League, which was radio-style broadcasting for our team, the Chatham A's, now the Chatham Anglers, and now all the teams do this as well. And Dan has been instrumental in building this program and recruiting broadcasters at the collegiate level from all over the country, and we started it 20 years ago, which blows my mind. It doesn't seem like I could be old enough to have done something of any significance two decades ago, but he and I did start the Cape Cod Baseball Network two decades ago. And so as our tradition has been through the years, every five-year anniversary we get together and do a reunion broadcast of the Chatham A's, now Anglers, game. We ask the current broadcasters to step aside just for one game, and we sit behind the microphones and we call the action. And so the last time I did this was five years ago, so what would that be, 2017. I had not called a single pitch of baseball since. So I actually get butterflies, I'm a little nervous, because I used to do it all the time. It was like, you know, a fish in water. And you have the ebb and the flow, and you get into a rhythm of calling... Any sport, but especially baseball, which I think is just a beautiful game to call, particularly on the radio. It's the background music of summer in my mind. And so it was a cool opportunity to reunite with Dan and do something that I was very passionate about for a long time. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but we did it. I wanted to give you a little taste of it, because why not? It's something I thought was pretty neat. So this was this past Saturday night, Chatham hosting their rival Orleans. The game was 1-0 Orleans for a number of innings. Chatham tied it up. Then they were looking to take the lead. I was on the play-by-play for this seventh inning. Kind of a weird play, but it got the job done. Cut 24. It's a lefty-lefty matchup here. Chatham looking for more. As the 0-1 on its way. Nubbed. Fair down the first baseline. There's going to be no play at first base. They tried. As Reynolds came flying off the mound, he was able to glove it and flip not in time. So they did make a play. The run comes home, and Chatham has now taken a 2-1 to lead on an RBI infield hit by Marcus Brown. They were threatening for more, but Orleans got out of it. Here I am calling the last out of the inning and handing the baton off to my buddy Dan for the rest of the play-by-play for the 8th and ninth innings, including our very cool Jingles that I'm a total nerd about. Cut 25. Here comes the one-two pitch. Tap towards third. Charging Sim. He will throw across and make the play five to three to retire the side. However, Chatham has gotten on the scoreboard. They get two runs on two hits, an error, and two men left. So the anglers have been struggling and frustrated all night at home plate. They're getting no hit for a while, then shut out, but that all changed in the bottom of the seventh. As they scratch two across, and they take the lead two to one over their rivals Orleans. We go to the eighth. Dan Duba back with your play-by-play. The rest of the way. Cape Cod Baseball Network.
2: Sports Radio.
1: Sports fans in New York who might listen to WFAN might recognize that jingle package from Jam Creative Productions. Total earworm. I'm obsessed. Anyway, Orleans, the rival team, tied the game in the top of the eighth with a solo home run. It went to the bottom of the ninth a chance for a walk-off win for the A's, and sort of in storybook fashion on this reunion broadcast, 20 years in the making, a pretty cool conclusion with Dan, the professional, at the microphone. Here's how the game ended, cut 26. 1-1. Line drive, center field, It's a game-winning RBI single for Cooper Angle, playing Guy Garibay. Chatham 3, Orleans 2, in the bottom of the ninth inning. I did the post-game interview with the player out of Clemson who had the game-winning hit, and in the middle of the interview, he got a Gatorade bath. I got mostly out of the way, but they got my right pant leg, so I was soaked. Pretty cool thing. A very fun departure from my current professional duties and a step into the past. With some sports play-by-play with one of my best friends in the world, so thank you. Even if you're not a sports fan, you don't care that I like any of this stuff. You think I'm lousy at baseball play-by-play? I thought it wasn't too bad for someone who was pretty rusty. It's pretty proud of it, but I appreciate the indulgence. No more sports play-by-play for me because, hey, we're out of time. We'll get to Christine's questions probably tomorrow here in the home stretch. Special report tonight on Fox News Channel. In the next hour, I'm on the panel. See you there. Back here on the radio, same time, same place tomorrow, for The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Home stretch on this Tuesday on The Guy Benson Show. See you tonight on Kennedy. A little after the top of the 7 o'clock hour, Fox Business Network. Looking forward to that. Tune in live or set your DVRs. GuyBensonShow.com is our website here, podcast free every day. And I mentioned yesterday during the home stretch that I was on vacation up in Cape Cod last week, and it has been just wonderful. It was a blessing. We've had incredible weather. I mean, the best weather I can remember in recent times when I've been up here. So that's a huge plus that makes everything better Beach trips, more fun, all of it, not too hot, not humid, very little clouds or rain. Had Adam up here for the week, hanging out with my parents, my brother and his girlfriend were around. So it's just been great, doing all the things. And I gave you a little insight, a little window into another big part of my life for years, sports broadcasting and the reunion broadcast that we did over the weekend. Played a few clips yesterday during the segment. This segment, of course, The home stretch. you can go back and catch that on the podcast if you'd like. Wyatt gave me the news quiz to make sure that I had not completely fallen off the radar in terms of current events. And I passed it well enough. But all of this prevented producer Christine from going into curious Christine mode because she had many questions. I know a number of them may have dealt with the issue of sharks. She seemed to have a very outsized concern about sharks because they're sometimes in the news about being in this neck of the woods. In fact, just off our beach not far from where my parents' house is. But I preempted that yesterday by just announcing that there were no shark sightings by me or anyone that I know over the course of the week. So hopefully we have put the shark question to bed, maybe. But let's bring in producer Christine, who of course is still curious. And Christine, fire away at will.
0: Well, I was still going to ask about the shark because they just said yesterday, Five shark sightings were reported just in one day off your beach. Now, off this know, beach in
1: particular, or off of Cape Cod overall?
0: Well, isn't wouldn't Cape Cod just be the beach?
1: No, it's a very big place. You've been here, Christine. You've been here, yeah, multiple but like the beach times. off of Cape
0: Cod—that whole side—that's the beach. You know, there's
1: there's beaches along every edge of the entire Cape, many miles. Well, it's a big place.
0: Look, I don't know how to pronounce it. Nosset? Nosset
1: Beach. Nosset, yeah. However, That's Cape right Cad. near us.
0: That's how. You want to hear my Boston accent? Ready? I'm going up to Cape Cod. Nothing?
1: That's not terrible, actually.
0: <laughs> we got to get through Boston. We got to drive. Our car through Boston. Cah, the get... car. <laughs> yeah, so I did not see okay. any
1: sharks. I did not go in the water very much, only up to my knees, but it was, was it, not. Was it cold? Yeah. Is cold, although not as cold as it has been, but it can be refreshing if it gets really hot. That's the thing. If it's so hot at the beach that a dip sort of counterbalances and lets you recenter your sort of personal climate, that can be helpful. But because it's been so glorious up here, I was not overheating on the beach. So I was very happy to just sit there with a slight breeze, read my book, hang out, and then maybe just dip my toe in the water. And then that was more than enough for me. So no sharks, no scares, no fins, no Jaws soundtrack. Everything was fine.
0: On a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you miss me? Be honest.
1: What is a 0 and what is a 10? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like 0 is, like
1: I didn't, like I forgot about your existence, and 10 was (laughs) I, I was like sobbing every night
0: pretty much, but I never said zero. I said one to 10.
1: Oh, sorry. Yes. I, I, I had just given a new offering on the spectrum. Uh, okay. So if that's, if zeros off the table and it's one through 10, I will say a, a two. Oh my God. I
0: feel like if Wyatt asked you this question, it would probably be like above a five.
1: No, I mean, I, I enjoy working with you guys and we're a great team and I definitely missed the show. But I think you can relate. When you're on vacation and you're with your family and doing other things, you're not like, oh, gosh, I really wish I were <laughs> surrounded by my work colleagues right now. Even if they're great work colleagues, which you all are. Even if they're best friends? Well, I think that right. depends on the definition of that term and who's using it. All right. Next question.
0: Okay. So you talk about this Cape Cod League. And – okay. Okay. What's an angler, by the way?
1: Oh, the Cape Cod Baseball League. Yeah. So an angler is a fisherman.
0: Oh, I've never heard that term before. Mm
1: -hmm. Angling is fishing, and an angler is a fisherman. And they used to be the A's. It's a long story, Major League Baseball and copyright stuff, and I won't get into it, but they were the A's for many decades. Then they felt like they had to make some changes for various reasons, so they became the anglers, although the logo looks very similar. It's an A- and an S like A's, and then there's a little fish hook as the apostrophe, which is pretty clever. Okay.
0: That is actually very clever. But uh, I'm so confused by this, by this baseball team. This is not professional baseball players. Are these people – this isn't like part of the farm system where these people are about to, you know, they could possibly get up to the majors, correct?
1: Uh, that's, I'm very impressed by that question. That is a, I would say, wow. pretty savvy question for someone who is not a baseball fan. This is not a farm system. This is not a farm team. These here at the league, there's 10 of them. They don't feed into any major league baseball organization. This is an amateur league, wooden bats, no admission fee. It's just sort of past the hat, 50-50, very Americana. It is a collegiate summer league, and generally it's the very best college players in the country who compete at the college level, and then summertime they come up and they play in this league, and it's an opportunity for them to play against really, really top-flight talent and to show off their skills for scouts, major league scouts, and there's a ton of them here. And so at least as of a few years ago, I know that the league is sort of changing a little bit and college sports is changing and all of it, but until recently, the stat at least was true that Roughly one out of every four major league players who played in college played at some point in this league.
2: So it's a proving
1: ground. Yeah, so you see, so for example, I was the play-by-play broadcaster, one of them, for the Chatham A's for four summers, along with Dan Duva. And those were 2003, 2004, 2005, and 2006. Those were my four summers. The 2005 team in Chatham had 13, if I'm remembering correctly let's just call it a dozen roughly a dozen guys on that roster eventually made it into major league baseball 12 or 13 of them and i would say probably close to half a dozen were major league all-stars at some point so it was a really cool opportunity to be 20 or 21 calling the games at night getting to know these guys hanging out with them a little bit sometimes you know going to the beach or whatever they were doing Amazing opportunity, a huge amount of talent up here, and then the towns are very supportive of and they embrace their teams, five in the East and five in the Western Divisions, and then, of course, the vacationing community, people who come up here for a week or two in the summer, often they will plan some of their vacation around Cape Cod games, Cape Cod League games, and they'll show up and enjoy it and bring the kids, and it's just sort of like a throwback to the good old days where it's all – Just very pure and wonderful. It's a great tradition. People have cherished it for many decades. And being at those games after a day at the beach or whatever, that's kind of my personal happy place. So I spent a lot of happy time last week. Which is why, with all due respect, my answer was what it was, a 2 out of 10. It was not a reflection on you. It was a reflection on the environment to which I had been transported. Is that pretty good spin?
0: Yeah, that's pretty good spin. One, I know we got to go soon. Another question: You said that people would come up to scout the players. Did you ever get scouted for um, like? And I don't know how it would work, but did anybody ever say to you, "Wait a second, you are really good at this. Like, you should probably be doing this professionally because you are well, really, was, It sounded great to me.
1: My goal was to do it professionally, and that's really what's happening now. So we started the broadcasting twenty years ago, Dan and I. In this they league. never
0: had it before?
1: Yeah, it was not a thing. So we wow. started it and tried to set the standard, and slowly it's grown to the point that the whole league does it. And now it is a proving ground for collegiate broadcasters who want to get to the next level, and a good number of them have gone pro. So it's sort of now a, a dual track. You've got the baseball, which is the main event, but people who are aspiring sportscasters come up to this league. It's sort of like their equivalent which is part of the legacy that we helped establish. It's very cool. It's a really cool thing. You at some point should come up here during the summer, maybe when I'm, you know, not here, and then you can bring, Bobby would love it. I think even Megan might find it entertaining for at least a little while. I think you would appreciate it just as sort of an all-American spectacle, even if you don't necessarily care deeply about the game. <laughs>
0: I think i would I, we want to bring megan to some sort of game she's never gone to any type of game either professionally or just like you know um I don't, whatever they're well let me
1: let me give you a word of advice on that you need to preempt bobby on this and get her to a yankees game at yankee right. stadium before he starts to indoctrinate her into the dark side and <sighs> the boston red sox don't let him do that you need to sort of get the first blow in so just like Put her in the car one day and say, Mommy has a surprise when maybe Bobby's out of town (laughs) or something, and bring her to the stadium and get her a little, you know, Yankee shirt and make sure that she is raised properly in this regard. Well,
0: I think um, Bobby will concede that since we are living around the New York area and she was born and raised around here, you know,
4: she, if she. That's rational, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's rational, unlike me. Um, Okay, last question. (laughs) <laughs> when are we thinking about buying a house up there?
1: Oh, me?
0: The time, when are we, we going to do this? Oh, we. Well, mm-hmm. why don't
1: you let me know when you've got the money and probably the money for a private jet to get up there because it's such a long drive for me. So when you've got a beautiful mansion on the water and a private jet, then contact me, and I would love to get in on that. <sighs> Goodbye guy. Well, I think it's fair, right? At some point one of your crazy schemes is gonna pay off, right? Whether it's through what, investing in a horse or wh- whatever they're gonna be, at some point oh, you can I talk don't even to want your to tell
0: you I I think I'm over the apartment already. I started looking at houses again.
1: Oh, good. And no, so, the, so that experiment—that experiment has been what a few months. Yeah, so at some we point you're going to strike. March. You're going to strike gold at some point along the line, and then you can. The floodgates will open, and you can afford all sorts of things, and then we'll have a conversation. I think that's a great idea, and I will await that day with bated breath. And my guess is I will probably run out of breath before it happens, but we'll see. One never knows. Got to run. Kennedy tonight, 7 p.m. hour on Fox Business Network, back here on the radio, same time and same place. Thank you, as always, for listening to The Guy Benson Show. It is the home stretch here on The Guy Benson Show on this Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening every weekday, 3 to 6. If you missed any of today's program, you missed a lot. It's always available in its entirety, no charge to you on demand. On our podcast, GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, we always like to remind you of that. Well, on the planning call for the show today, Amazon Prime Day came up, and I had not even heard about it. For some reason, I thought that was sometime around the holidays, like Black Friday range. I guess I totally misunderstood that, or maybe there are multiple Amazon Prime Days annually. I don't know. Christine, when was Amazon Prime Day?
4: Uh, Amazon Prime Day is still going on, guys, so you can still benefit from all the deals out there, but it was yesterday and today. And people are buying for the holidays. We have 165 days until Christmas. So this is kind of like holiday shopping for people like myself.
1: 165 days. away. do you have a giant tearaway calendar at the house, countdown to Christmas, and then you have little markings along the way of when you have to put up different decorations? So... Do you have your I don't know Halloween decorations up yet at your house?
4: I, I do not. Um, it's July, so it's still like the American themed, you know. Oh right, it's, and no, everything. it's pumpkin.
1: It's pumpkin spice season. Not is what yet. It
4: is. August, like the beginning of August, is when Ugh. the PSLs come out. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll fight about that in a little bit. I'm just curious before we get back to you because obviously some shopping has been done in your household. If anyone else on the team has taken advantage of Amazon Prime Day. As you have gathered from what I've been saying here, I didn't know it was happening. I don't plan on spending anything today, so I'm out. Quiet, Wyatt. You don't really strike me as an impulse online buyer or shopper, although maybe you see a very handsome Wall Street Journal monogrammed cardigan or something, and you can't resist. Have you made any purchases online in the last day or two?
3: No, not on Amazon, no.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, Hang on, there was a caveat there. No, Have you I, gone I, I, non-Amazon?
3: I'll, I'll specify no. I, I did buy books on Amazon, but not during the Prime Day,
1: so, so no. Okay. Dan, in your household, anything happening?
2: Um, I did not myself, but I got home yesterday, and my girlfriend had a very guilty look on her face when I walked in, and she's like, I kind of bought a lot and maybe went a little overboard. So, yeah, there was some shopping in my house.
1: Are there returns available for Amazon Prime Day or are yeah. all sales final?
2: There will be returns because I was like, what did you buy anyways? And so she's like, I don't need half this stuff, so I'll probably return it.
1: Okay. I, I do not understand that mentality. I know that it's very common. Nor do I. I know many people are listening right now being like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. You buy a ton of stuff. You don't need all of it. You end up returning a lot of it. It's such a hassle. So much of that is a hassle. Why? All right, Christine. What damage have you done?
4: So, okay, I have a lot to um, talk about, so let me try to organize this. So I would like to talk about returns because I have thoughts on that. Do you want me to tell you what I actually bought, what's in the cart, what was in the cart and has been deleted, and what was in the cart deleted and put back in for possibly a fight tonight with Bobby?
1: Well, I would just say the cart to me is kind of a wish list, right? you have not actually pulled the trigger on anything that's simply sitting in the cart. So I am more interested in what you have actually bought and then maybe this looming battle with your husband.
4: Okay, well, first let me just talk about returns. Um, I am the queen of buying and returning later. I actually have a return, like, bag, like a tote in my closet, and sometimes it can go up to, like, $500 in there that needs to be returned. Why? Um, I need to think about things. Um I know you think I'm just impulsive, but I'm impulsive. No, like, wouldn't you
1: do the thinking before the buying?
4: No. No. do you not know how women shop? No. Okay, so you So see, if you would go shopping with me, like a best no. friend does, go to the mall, you would understand. Like I will go find a pair of jeans for like 150 bucks that I didn't even know I wanted or needed, but then all of a sudden I absolutely needed it. So then I bring it home and I sit on it. Sometimes I put my new purchases under the bed and let them sit there for a little bit. Then I'll take them out and like put it in the closet and see if it feels good in the closet. And usually I have thirty to sixty days to, you know, think about it a little more and then I return. If
1: it feels good in the closet, yeah. what are you talking about?
4: Like if it should be No, don't don't shake your head at me, Dan. If it feels like it should be in my closet and it's something that I'm going to wear. I don't just buy things and then just pull the tags off and wear. do you
1: yes because huh. I try them on first and I don't buy the things on the internet unless I know a specific item with a size that I know for sure fits me I do not buy clothing items on the internet
4: so I, I go
1: to an actual Store. I go to an actual brick and mortar location mm-hmm. to try things on I look at the mirror I decide if that works And then I make my decision. And once the decision is made, barring something really faulty or wrong with it, I keep it and I do not return things. That is, to me, a very straightforward, logical way to make this type of choice and to make purchases or not. I don't care how something looks hanging in a closet.
4: Your life is so simple.
1: I'm not like, ooh, I really like that blazer, but it kind of harshes the vibe here in the closet. Got to send it back. (laughs) What? I, I... It makes
4: perfect sense to me. Also, I like to go out of my cup. Comp- I have like a style that usually is just the same stuff. And sometimes I think, let me go out of the box and like, oh, let's try boho. Like, you know, or let's try, you know, leather. And it always looks ridiculous. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of returns. But I guess you and I are not on the same page with that.
1: So Do we can, you- we can move on. Do you get in scenarios though where you want to return something and then you get a hassle and it becomes a huge pain in the neck to complete the transaction and get your money back?
4: Actually, why, why would you like to tell the story? Because he was along the ride with me at J Crew for this one.
1: Oh no. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, so I went, I went with Christine to J Crew in uh, in uh, somewhere in New York, and the I guess it was over the limit of time that you could return, and so the lady wouldn't give the money back to Christine's credit card, it had to go back to a store credit. And so there was a little disagreement
1: there. Can I ask you, you, Wyatt, why you were on this errand with producer Christine, why you allowed yourself to be roped into that? I think this was
3: one of the times I was up in New York and we were in between our show and Gutfeld taping, and so we went in between then. So I I actually I blame you. Did she
1: drug you? Did she drug you? Like, oh, does this smell like chloroform? (laughs) Then all of a sudden you wake up in a J. Crew. No, I. She's in a screaming match with the manager.
3: I rarely get to walk around the streets of New York, so I was like, yeah, why not? And it was it was cool. It was a it was a fun experience.
1: Hmm. All right, Christine. So there is one example of this whole approach, I think, being. Unwise, but, you know, you do you. It's your money. It's your life. What have you purchased on Amazon Prime Days? Because I'm not going to call it Amazon Prime Day if you said it's still going on. Right. It's days. What are the purchases briefly? And what's this mystery item that might cause a bit of a flap?
4: Okay. First, I bought a lip sleeping mask. Have you ever heard of that? Nope. So it's something that you literally put on your lips overnight, and it's supposed to be life-changing. I've never had it before, and I was excited, so I put that in there. I bought that.
1: I bought. Wait, stop right there. Hmm. You put something on your lips while you sleep, and it changes your life?
4: Yeah, it's supposed to hydrate and nourish.
1: Okay, all right. How much was that?
4: So that was originally $25.99, and I got it for 16 Not bad.
1: Is it a one-time-use product? Do you, like, have to fill it with something?
4: No, it looks like a lip balm. I, I, I've i never had it before. I just saw on, you know, one of those TikToks. This it's like, a must-buy.
1: Oh, a TikTok decision. Okay, good, good. All right, next.
4: Um, I bought a new beach bag because, I mean, how many? You can't have enough beach bags, I, I believe. I bought uh, sandals. I bought another pair of heels and then ready for this.
1: <laughs> mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I bought
4: a vacuum.
1: Stop. I did. You did not.
4: <laughs> I did. I bought a new another
1: vacuum cleaner.
4: Yeah, this is a can. Is this
1: like? Is this like the third one you've bought since you've been my producer? Which has not been that long. The show launched with Marie in what 2018, and then we've been solo since 2019. Just the Guy Benson show. It's been a good run so far, and hopefully many years to come. But it is not that old of a show. I feel like you buy a vacuum cleaner like the average person maybe once or twice in their lifetime, and this might be your third vacuum cleaner purchase since we have worked together. Does that sound right, or am I misremembering?
4: Um, I'm, you're a little off, actually. This is the third vacuum I bought since 2020. You and I started Stop. working together in 2018. Why? I don't know. I And mind you, I live in an apartment. It's not that big. But you don't even have a house
1: anymore. Nope. How many vacuum cleaners do you currently have physically in your apartment
4: so when the new bissell zing comes, it will be four <gasps> four
1: <laughs> is what? it like do you I, I asked this with with affection, what the hell is wrong with you I mean th- on this uh, let's just limit it to this issue vacuum cleaners, because you had the huge what was the dyson saga. I remember that. I still have it. Still have it, even though it doesn't work or doesn't work to your satisfaction, but you still have it.
4: Yeah. I don't love it. It works. Bobby fixed it. We had to like call Dyson, yada, yada. It's okay. I, it's not Is my Bobby favorite.
1: aware that you have purchased another vacuum cleaner? No.
4: What do you think? I'm crazy? Yes. So what I'm yes. thinking is there, I have a shark that I'm thinking of just like kind of switching out for the, the new Bissell Zing. The problem is the shark- Is, is a, a shark- it's a brand. Yeah, and the shark is an upright, and the Bissell Zing is a canister, so he's obviously going to know the difference.
1: Where do you keep these things? An apartment isn't that big. Do you have an extra bedroom only for your vacuum cleaners?
4: <laughs> no. Are you going to tell?
1: It's like Megan, sorry, mommy's sorry, but you can't have a bed anymore because mommy needs that space for a seventh vacuum cleaner. Okay, sweetie.
4: I just, you know, we have a lot of closets and storage, and I, like I said, I'm going to get rid. I have Aren't to get...
1: those overflowing with your seasonal swag and house decorations that oh, are Oh, I didn't prematurely... tell you. I brought all
4: my seasonal swag to um, Judgey Joyce's attic. She's not happy.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure she's thrilled. I cannot. So this was not the item that's sitting in the shopping cart virtually. You actually have the vacuum cleaner on its way, paid mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, I
4: don't even oh, we know what also to have say. one of those vacuums. Like uh, I named him Wally. You like hit a button, and he like just goes on his own. To you know, oh, vacuum. yeah, like
1: a Roomba type situation. But yeah, we just call him Wally. Does that count in the four that you currently have? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, what's the controversial item?
4: So I need new AirPods, and I know Bobby's not going to go for this because this would be my fourth pair of the AirPods. So I have a feeling um, fourth. I keep losing them. They're, they're, They're little things. They're tricky.
1: I feel like you have given up your AirPod privileges, right? You're like a small child who's like, okay, you can have these, but they're very important and they're expensive. You have to prove that you can take care of them. We're like, yes, let's see if you can keep this guinea pig alive before we buy you a dog. And you're on, what, three or four dead guinea pigs at this point.
4: Yeah, pretty much. I don't know if you've talked to Bobby, but that's exactly what not. he said. He said, you, you, you're you not responsible. Oh, and I, I also asked for a pair of like really expensive sunglasses for my birthday. And he's like, you're out of your mind. You lose sunglasses on the daily. He's like, no way. Mm.
1: Well, I will continue to lift Bobby up in my thoughts and prayers on a daily basis, because it sounds like he's got a lot to deal with, especially around Amazon Prime days. And then I heard another rumor about another scheme that you've got cooking that maybe we'll get to on another home stretch in the days to come. But happy Amazon Prime Days, everyone. I would like you to think about the approaches to spending money that you've heard modeled here today on the program. The Benson approach, the cookie approach. And you can just maybe think about or even send me a note or tweet at Christine at CookiesJar1988. By the way, Christine, did you tweet the video from the Backstreet Boy?
4: I wasn't sure if you wanted me to, can I?
1: Oh, yeah, I think you absolutely should.
4: Well, then that's happening tonight.
1: There you go. At Cookies Jar 1988 you can send her your thoughts. You can send me your thoughts on Instagram or Twitter, at Guy P. Benson, and we'll just leave it at that. We'll let the people decide who is the rational, sensible, responsible actor in this tandem. Gotta run. Back here tomorrow on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you then. Home stretch. It's Thursday, i.e. Friday Eve on The Guy Benson Show. Hope you're enjoying your afternoon and evening and your summer. Thank you for tuning in. GuyBensonShow.com, podcast free every day. Well, on yesterday's home stretch, we were talking about Amazon Prime Day or Days. Producer Christine made a few admissions on the air about her purchasing habits, her specific purchases in the last 48 hours some things that she still wants to buy and it sounds christine like your husband bobby was listening to the show because he walked through the door after work yesterday and said what
0: he said i agree with guy benson when he says you are crazy he said do you even know what you sound like when the words come out of your mouth i said no i said but i'm just living my truth and that's all anybody can ask for right (laughs)
1: Your truth. Isn't, my parents,
0: isn't that what the kids say? I'm living my yeah, truth. It's,
1: <laughs> it's just such a nonsense phrase. There's the truth. Your truth could be something that may not really be a truth. You're certainly doing what you want, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And in your your habits and the way that you go about shopping, and then you bring stuff in, you think about it, you try it on, you hang it in your closet, then in many cases you return it. My parents were listening, and my dad seemed to indicate that my mom is – not nearly as bad as you are on this front but does do this sort of thing from time to time and he called it catch and release shopping which i thought was sort of a funny phrase
0: i like that i might i might start using that actually i guarantee you i would i would even make a bet that 90% of the women out there do what i do maybe 90? not I such a i'd say Come 90 on.
1: Yes. Oh, I I would say a majority might be a safer bet. 90% is awfully high. By the way, catch and release, that term, in this context, relates to the profession of being an angler, which is something that you just learned what that means recently. On the program this week, do you remember what an angler is? A fisherman. Good. Okay. I just want to make sure that you actually... Listen, because it seems like maybe sometimes I give advice and then you do the opposite. So I just want to make sure you actually do listen occasionally to the words that come out of my mouth here on the show that you produce. But Bobby, did he put the kibosh on any of these purchases, the new vacuum cleaner, number four in your household, or the new earbuds that you want to get?
0: So the earbuds are coming. Um, I'm surprised he didn't stop that, which I had to check today. Uh, He's doing something a little funky here because he said he had to cancel two of my purchases because for some reason they were getting sent to his work instead of here. I didn't do that. So I don't know what he's doing, but he said that he was going to replay, like, you know, redo the order order. But uh, Judgy Joyce was here because she was babysitting Megan last night when Bobby got home. We were having dinner and I explained to her that I bought a vacuum, and even my mom goes, what is wrong with you? How <laughs> many vacuums do you have in this place? Like, it's not normal.
1: I asked so. the same question. I asked almost the <laughs> verbatim question on the air yesterday, and at least it is no small comfort to me that your own husband and mother are mm-hmm. on the same wavelengths. Because sometimes I start getting into, like, a reverse gaslighting situation where I'm wondering, am I— too hard on christine like am i like being weird is she not as strange as i think she is on some of this stuff and the answer Mm -hmm. seems to be no i am correct and Mm -hmm. so is your husband so is your mother so okay that makes me feel good i also want to encourage you christine to try to participate in this next topic even though you just casually mentioned in the text thread that we have going our little group text here (laughs) at the show That this food item doesn't really apply to your lifestyle anymore, apparently. Yesterday, in the United States of America, it was National French Friday, which was briefly in the early 2000s, National Freedom Friday, if we all remember that. And I did, in fact, have some French fries yesterday because, you know, because America. So I went and I had some fish and chips for dinner, and I didn't finish all the French fries, but I did have a few of them with some... Just delicious, cold ketchup to go with them, nicely salted French fries. I was a very satisfied customer, so we were debating whether to talk about French fries on the air. I thought that maybe it would be too dull of a topic because who doesn't like French fries? And then in the group text, you have your little revelation. Quiet Wyatt starts throwing out hot garbage opinions. I'm like, okay, well, now we have to talk about this. Let's start with your news, Christine. You're not eating French fries at all?
0: Well, I will eat French fries, but unfortunately, like, going to a place to eat French fries are usually uh, cooked with a seed oil. And I've eliminated seed oils from my life, so uh, I would have to find a place or I would have to make them That's very
1: dramatic sounding. It's like, I haven't cut seed oils out of my diet. I have eliminated them from my life. It's Mm -hmm. like a toxic X you're talking about.
0: Well, it's not just ingestion. Like, seed oils are in, like, you know, shampoos and moisturizers and body wash. They are everywhere. So little by little, I'm trying to, like, change that and get rid of the eight harmful seed oils.
1: Um, Was this something that your doctor told you to do because of an allergy situation, or is this Christine reading things on the Internet?
0: All Christine reading things on the Internet. Did you know? Did you know that, like, vegetable oil, canola... Those were made to actually, um, like, make engines go in the 30s. Like, we're not supposed to be ingesting this. So canola, corn, cottonseed, grapeseed, safflower, soy, sunflower, you really shouldn't be putting that into your body because it Mm. will cause inflammation. So it is very I did did
1: not know that, and I, I have no problem with any of the products that you just said. And if it tastes good, and unless there's a doctor specifically telling me do not do this, I'm going to eat it, especially if it facilitates my ingestion of French fries. I'm not going to let any of that whatever pseudoscience that you just recited to us deter me from French fries. And if you want to deprive yourself of so much happiness and convenience and deliciousness, I mean, that's your business. You make all sorts of choices for yourself uh, that I do not Mm -hmm. share. But Wyatt, quiet Wyatt. He is something of a connoisseur of fast food. I think it's fair to say he's got certain spots that he likes. And in the context of French fries specifically, he singled out two categories of fries that he dislikes. And I would just say for the record, I can't think of a French fry product that I don't like. I like curly fries. I like waffle fries. I like crinkle fries, which are actually weirdly extra delicious. I don't know why. Regular French fries, the shoestring Variety, Sometimes the slightly healthier ones that are, you know, closer to baked or whatever. I like all of it. But, Wyatt, there are a few that you don't like, apparently, so aggressively that you actually wrote it in the group text. Which ones are you vetoing?
3: Guy, I'm not a fan of steak fries and of sweet potato fries.
1: Mm. Let's take these one at a time. What's your problem with steak fries? Honestly, I
3: really think they are gross. Like, they're just too big, and they have too much potato in it, and they're sometimes not fried properly, I feel, compared to other fries, and I just, like, literally will not eat them. They're just... I'm not a fan.
1: If they're too mushy, I know what you're talking about, then that's a little bit suspect, but just toss some salt on there, dip it in some ketchup, and everything's fine. And if they're fried up sort of more well done. I think they're fantastic. Do you like mashed potatoes? Do you like baked potatoes? Of course, of course. But so that's so why are you that's saying different. that they have too much potato in them when you eat other forms of unadulterated potato?
3: Because when I go to get a French fry, I want a French fry. I don't want an oversized, weirdly mm. shaped fry. I want a, a, mm. a proper French fry, or at least like a waffle fry or something.
1: Mm. Okay, well, I'm going to... Mostly disagree with that one. And then what's your problem with sweet potato fries, especially? They're, they're not my go-to, but from time to time, some sweet potato fries, ooh, maybe some ranch dressing to dip them in instead of ketchup. What's your issue there?
3: I'm just, again, not a fan. I've, I've tried them, so I can say I don't like them. I know uh, I'm, I'm pinned as the picky eater, but well, I, I've i tried them. I just don't. They just don't do it for me like i it's like I would maybe have one, and I've had some before. I'm not like totally grossed out where I won't eat them if it's in front of me, I might have them, but they're not
1: like it's not something I'm actively going to go get because I just don't think they're very good, okay, Dan, do you have anything to add?
2: I don't know what's up with Wyatt and his wild takes about fried <laughs> potato products, but that is crazy to me. I would take anything any kind of fry but one top of my list is curly fries. I love them. There's nothing better than a basket of curly fries with like a sandwich at a restaurant that've been some honey mustard and just crinkle fries. Like get the frozen yes. bag of crinkle fries. Crinkle and, fries are yeah, great. Absolutely. So I will take look any of them.
1: And they feel and they taste. So ketchup is obviously the correct condiment for fries <laughs> of all varieties, just to say that. Big ketchup fan, but from time to time certain fries lend themselves to I mentioned ranch there's also aioli, which is just like fancy word for mayo basically. Is there anything else that I'm missing here of what people put on their fries? I know some people put like vinegar, I think, on French fries. I've seen some people with mustard, which I think is an absolute hard no for me. Does anyone want to jump in with a condiment comment briefly before we go?
2: Some people do cheese, like a little thing of melted cheese, like you would dip and in cheese like fries. a pretzel. Yeah. But you sure. dip it in, yeah, of course. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not against that. It's That's really gilding the lily. That's very much over the top. That's when you're sort of like loosening the belt. You're like, what are calories? <laughs> You'll occasionally do a cheese fry. But that's, I can't do that very often at all. Christine, last word, anything?
0: I I love to dip a good fry in ranch dressing. But again, it has seed oil. So now i got to find a clean version of ranch dressing. My life is... You know, a little topsy-turvy right now. I'll get back to you.
1: Right now? Okay. we got (laughs) to run. Friday is on the horizon. We'll have the Friday edition here of The Guy Benson Show. Rumors are we'll have Fridays with Kat. Kat Timp should be back tomorrow, I think, fingers crossed. We'll fill you in when we come on the air tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a great night. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch, Friday edition on the Guy Benson Show. And if you're listening live on the broadcast, we are once again playing the Jaws theme song because of this topic. GuyBensonShow.com is our website here. Podcast is always free. And I'll remind you that I'll be on Media Buzz and Trey Gowdy's show this weekend, Sunday, on Fox News Channel. But let's talk about sharks. We were going to maybe bump in with Baby Shark, but that got vetoed by Dan. The engineer. And that's the right call because it's an earworm and very annoying. So we nixed it. But it might play into the conversation. I've been up in Cape Cod recently, including last week on vacation. We talked about that. And producer Christine, ahead of that vacation, was very concerned about sharks because great white sharks are often seen off of Cape Cod, including just recently over at Nauset Beach, not far from where my parents live. And I assured her that it would not be a problem. I was not going to spend much time in the water. I was not going to go in very deep. And generally, I think they've tagged most of the sharks so they know where they are. There's not a huge risk. And if anything, Christine should be more worried about people maybe in her neck of the woods, Jersey, Long Island, because there have been not just shark sightings up there, but also shark attacks recently. I think there was just one the other day, a guy... I think a tourist got bitten by a shark, survived. Just a nightmare. But that seems to be the hot spot. That's sort of like ground zero of shark-related in-water violence, more so than up in Cape Cod. And, Christine, we were talking about this on the planning call for the show today, and sort of out of nowhere, Quiet Wyatt, who's in New Jersey right now, He just let us know that he's been going into the ocean a lot. He was in the ocean last night, apparently, by himself, no lifeguards. He was thinking about going in, he said this morning, on his very early Constitutional, around 4.30 a.m., where he goes out to meet the delivery truck for the Wall Street Journal so he can read it cover to cover. And, Christine, you seemed a little bit taken aback by Wyatt's attitude over sharks and the Jersey Shore.
4: Well, first, I just want to say, and I'm putting it out there because I'm a mother and I worry about these things. Why? Uh, why should not? And I repeat, not be going into the ocean unless there is a lifeguard on duty. That is very, very dangerous. So we're gonna fix that. We're gonna change that. Why? Why no more? No more going into the water without a, a you know, somebody. Is it there.
1: really that dangerous? Like yes. If there's a riptide tide and it's high tide or something, that's inadvisable. But if it's like just why were you going all the way in deep, or were you just sort of splashing around in shallow water? I mean I was I was in the water, so I, I mean
3: I mean I felt safe. There were other people in the water. I was with other people and there were other people that were in in the water as well.
1: Okay, and you were not worried you were telling us about sharks. However, you have this weird sort of I don't want to call it a fantasy, but you were sort of throwing out the idea of maybe it wouldn't be so bad if you got attacked by a shark. What?
3: We we need to correct the record on this. I just said that I think it would be a story, so I'm not afraid to go in the water. I know there's a lot of people who are are scared with all these shark attacks going on. They don't want to go in the in the water, and and we had a conversation not too long ago about going into the into the water at the beach. And, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and and I and I was like, you know, I saw the news stories, and I I know people are a little freaked out, but I have no problem going in, and I was just thinking that it you know if it happens if you were to get attacked by a shark like a little nibble you know that's what basically most of these (laughs) attacks are people survive it's not like a great white shark that's coming to you know really take you under it's usually just a shark that's nipping at your feet and that would that would be a story I mean you could tell that story for the rest of your life yeah I got attacked by a shark
1: and I think that would that would be an interesting story to have so I believe, if I'm not misremembering, and Christine, you can back me up here, I believe you said on the call today that you would consider being willing to lose a toe in a shark attack in order to get the story. Is that accurate? Did you say that? I, I'm, I'm not going to confirm or deny if I said oh, that. Oh, Christine, but... he's, he said whoa, that, whoa, didn't
4: whoa. he? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Whoa, 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 Wyatt. Um, you were backtracking completely from the meeting, completely. Yes.
1: Water Wyatt or Wooder <laughs> Wyatt said that he would lose a toe in a shark attack because it would be a good story. And I'm like, look, I I very much support and appreciate commitment to the show and to the bit and providing good fodder for the home stretch. I'm not sure we need to go so far as to risk an encounter with a shark that would probably involve blood and some degree of dismemberment. Yes, it would be a story for this show that you could tell, you know, the grandkids one day. I just feel like we can maybe back off a little bit from that one. I can understand maybe why Wyatt is retreating slightly rhetorically from that, because a, that's a bit much Wyatt. I, I I think I would settle for if if I got the front page cover of the New York
3: Post. I think that is where I would settle for a story, you know, like – why why gets attacked
1: by shark, but I want it front page on the New York Post, preferably the local Journal. But I was going to say the Journal, because you would you would probably survive the attack by beating the shark away with a rolled up copy of the Journal, which you would have with you in the ocean. Obviously, so it sounds like you're doing some bargaining here. Like you would be willing to lose a toe and have a shark draw blood in an ocean attack, if that attack put you on the cover of the post. I'm hearing this correctly. Am I not? Maybe. I mean, it, like I said, it, it
3: depends. Like if they had a good headline right. and it was all all good, I, it would be maybe be worth it.
1: I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, look, I'm going to turn this around on Christine. I mean, that is some really strong commitment to the show and our hashtag content here. Do you have that level of commitment, Christine? Sure, you'll wear ridiculous costumes and tell us all of your secrets that you normally reserved for your array of therapists, of which I am one, unlicensed, uncompensated. Would you put yourself in physical danger in the ocean for the Guy Benson show, for the happy hour, for the home stretch?
4: I will have my daughter lose her childhood home and sell it before I get bitten by a shark for this show.
1: Well, you've already oh, wait, done I that, did that. Right? Yeah. You've checked that box already. So what's next? It's always uh, no. what's next, Christine. No. What have you done for me lately? Why it's willing to sacrifice parts of limbs. I've got for this plans. Show.
4: I've got plans. Um, yeah. I risk my marriage every day on this show.
1: Well, that actually is true. That's a that's a pretty big thing that you are willing to maybe not sacrifice, but, but put on the line. So, OK, I'll give you that. Uh, Do you have any last-minute, like, motherly scolding to do? I'm
4: just—no, I'm just a little disappointed because he literally said on the call, it's a little nibble on a
1: toe. Yeah, no, and and that's what he—he reiterated it here. And we were just sort of blown away because usually Wyatt is just a very calm, even-keeled, thoughtful person. He's sort of the counterweight to producer Christine on the show when it comes to content— and it's a rare circumstance, maybe the first time ever, that Christine and I are both like, whoa, what, what happened to Wyatt? What did he get up and do this morning? I think the answer is he had an extra cup of coffee because he's back in the old neighborhood at his favorite spot. So maybe he was just like, you know, feeling himself, a little hyped up on the Rook coffee and started entertaining the idea of a, uh, a shark attack for a greater cause, a cause greater than himself, namely homestretch content. And so, I, you know, I have to respect that even though I was taken aback. I was a little surprised that this was coming from Wyatt and not Christine. This seems like a Christine scheme, quite frankly.
4: Physical harm? No, I don't think well, so. Well,
1: just like something obviously facially crazy.
4: See, the thing is the stuff that I talk about is real. Like I'm actually putting my real life out there. I want to see why why go down to the shore right now. And call us from the beach.
1: Well, I think he probably is at the shore. He could probably walk over there right now and call you.
4: I and mean, then, you know, call upon the sharks and see what happens.
1: Here, sharky, sharky, shark. why needs some content. No. Maybe he could, like, do the little clown nose from YY the Clown. Now we're getting very deep. This is deep. just crazy. These are, some, these are some deep pulls now from the Wyatt Archive. So let's just let's put an end to it because we're out of time anyway. It is the weekend. Please go out and enjoy it. Be safe in the water or anywhere else. We'll be back here on Monday on the radio, TV, media, buzz, and Gowdy on Sunday on Fox News Channel. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to The Guy Benson Show.
2: That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts.